Welcome to episode 17 of the Universe Extended Podcast. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Andor episode 11, which is the second to last episode in the Andor series. <coughs> I'm very excited by this and ready to talk a little bit about Andor. Joining me on mic tonight is my good friend, Mr. JJ, the lover of Andor, wisher of Luthen, and creator of crazy X-Wing Luthen ships that are going to die right away and never be taken. Yes. How are you, how are you tonight, <laughs> sir? Excited, man. I, I, It's hard to believe that uh, this week coming up will be the last episode of the season. Um, just, just excited to see how they're going to close this out with, uh, so much already they've done in the series right now. It's, it's been a great ride and I can't wait to see what the finale is going to be. Yeah. Side note, I am working on a universe extended, um, intro that we can start playing next series that we have, which will hopefully be bad batch in January. Hopefully. Yes. Um, because, and I'm very excited for Bad Batch, especially now. Now I'm even more excited for Bad Batch than what I was um, before because of the time period thing. So tonight, all right, so tonight we're going to be talking about episode 11 of Andor because, which I thought was um, very, uh, very interesting. Um, I did not feel that it was uh, as much of a low episode like kind of a downtrodden episode as a lot of people are i felt it was very action-packed and i felt like it was building that razor blade edge of um jumping into what we're going to get in episode 12 my prediction is episode 12 is going to be over an hour that's my prediction is that we're going to get 55 minutes to 65 minutes yeah. of actual content yeah, I think that's that's uh, that's a fair assessment. Um, hey, I'm I'm actually hopeful for like more like an hour and a half, uh, but no, I think 59, 57, 59 minutes is probably the the good ballpark for how long the finale should be. Um, but diving into this episode, uh, we're seeing the aftermath of the escape, the prison, uh, the prison escape, and seeing Andor uh, with uh, Melchi being able to. Uh, escape uh, from the prison and on the run for the Empire. Um, we we know that they have no idea if any of the other prisoners have made it, and there's a scene where they're basically hanging on for their lives on the side of a cliff while a TIE Reaper is flying around checking for, or at least like scouting for like prisoners and stuff. Um, it was great to see the TIE Reaper around there. However, it always feels weird to me when I don't see it escorted <laughs> by like a striker. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the X-Wing player in me, right? Like wanting to see like more and more ships. Um, one of the great little um, little East, I, I guess it's kind of an Easter egg, is seeing them uh, encounter a quad jumper. And uh, it is basically from, I guess, these these hunters that are out there, and they basically use that as their transport ship while they're hunting for whatever they're hunting for, and uh, and they get caught. And they specifically mentioned that the quad jumper is an old ship, which makes me think that we'll might be able to see the quad jumper actually appear uh, early on, uh, maybe during the the Clone Wars era, if it's if they're calling it an old ship. Yeah. 
I guess I I guess I never really thought of when that ship would normally appear, right? I, I guess I never thought about that. But I think you're right. Like I like, all I can say is I was uh, I didn't get to watch it Wednesday at noon. Usually I take my lunch hour and I watch it. Um, I usually have grilled cheese and tomato soup because it's super easy. It's very quick to make. I can do a few dishes and then hop right into the episode. Um, this week I had to go on site for work. <laughs> and so JJ's like, oh my God, this is a great show. I said, shut up, <laughs> shut up. I didn't get to watch it yet. Shut the fuck up. And he's like, oh, it's just payback for all those times you bitched at me about not being able to watch it on your lunch hour. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I did. I, I guess I could have. I could have watched it on my phone, um, if I wanted to, but I didn't. Anyway, so when the quad jumper came up, I was like, holy shit, a quad jumper! We're getting quad jumpers back at X Wing. It's happening, baby! Yes. I was so excited. Yes. I was like, I really want that quad jumper back. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, we, think about we it. Get we could get our car plot back. You know, for a hot second, I thought that one of them was actually going to be like the pilots <laughs> um, that was going to like capture like Andor. I was like on the lookout. I'm like, oh, my God, are we going to see Uncar like out there or whatever? Um, but no, you're right. I mean, we've seen it in the movies and now we've seen it in a show. So it definitely stands to reason that this should be a ship that should come out in next week. Uh, a reprint now introduced into 2.0. Yeah. yeah. And I'm excited because I only own one. I own yeah. one. So like for me. I can get two more of those and probably be stupid to get two, but I could get at least one more of them. And, and, and I would be, I, I don't know. I would be super happy to have that, especially if they redesign that dial. Oh man. Give me a little bit different of a dial and help me um, have some different pilot abilities. Like now they open, the door is just open and the best is when that starts to lift off. Right. It's starting to like <laughs> pop and shake like an yes. old like uh, old Chevy that has the backfire out the tailpipe. Like yes. that's that was the funniest yeah. thing. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, that ship's gonna crash, and this is like the irony would be okay, and this would have been hilarious. This would this, this is Tanner thinking of an episode if it crashed, and then all of a sudden Cassian woke up and was on the back of that ship. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> that would have been like a big big middle finger to like all of us saying. Hey, he's not really dead, but we'd be like, what the heck? Why? Why in God's great? Why? Oh, my God. Why is it crashing? Um, But the scene itself was very tense, right? Because they talk about in the scene that are they really the only two left, right? Are they the only two people left from that escape? And Cassian's like, stop worrying about this shit. Stop worrying. We need to get off. Like, you have to focus. And I really wish he would be like, Hey, remember that that whole scenario where um, we kind of set up us being in prison forever? Um, mm-hmm. uh, that was me that caused that. Like, that's me, just so you know. So I've been through this before. You know, like, I'm used to this type of shit. Um, and, and the one thing I feel we have been a little bit robbed of is big backstory for Cassian, right? Like, we have a little bit of taste of Cassian, Cassian's backstory, but we don't have this big gulp of, like, what... Cassian really was like because a lot of the skills he has or that he's displaying are not skills you just you intuitively have or have on the fly that's that's not how that works um so Cassian has to have some skill sets that we don't know about but the best is they get captured the goo web thing falls on them they basically make you feel like they're gonna murder them because they don't care they just want the bounty 
And then all of a sudden they're like, ah, we're just kidding. We hate the Empire too. Come on, baby, get in. Where do you want to go? And we don't even care. We're not even going to take money for it. That's how crazy this is. Like, and that's where there's a little bit of belief dispension, in my opinion, right there. Cause it's like, in most of Star Wars, you don't do shit for free. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're setting up the this species as like um a rebel insurgent type species that kind of helps them. And and you know who they remind me of? And I can't, it was like this is Star Wars Destiny thing. But there was like these little minor looking Nara Shada people, and they just yeah. look like them. They were from yeah. Destiny. I don't know if they're from uh, Star Wars uh, lore other than that. But they were like in Destiny. And I just like, as soon as I saw them, I was like, ah, I texted my son. I was like, hey, remember when we played Destiny and these cards that came out that sucked? <laughs> I think they just appeared in Andor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then fast warning from there, uh, we have the, we have Luthien uh, now armed with the information that, uh, that the Empire is going to essentially set the trap for, uh, for Kriega. Um He's now on his way over to Saul's rebels and informing them of uh, of what's going on. And Saul originally uh, wants to join in in this in this raid, and Luthien persuades him not to go into it, um, which causes uh, Saul to get very apprehensive um, and basically questioning Luthien's loyalty uh, for it. I thought the scene was very very good because normally. Um, I mean, Saul is very paranoid, right, about everything that's going on. And I think this actually feeds in more into his paranoia, like, going forward, because he feels like he's ISB, which obviously he's not. He actually got information from an ISB agent. Um, but I like that interaction because, you know, the way he he persuades Saul from going all in into this attack, uh, despite all the everything that's going on, and still maintaining that level of trust with um, with Saul. Uh, I mean, it, it was pretty ballsy him taking the blaster and putting it to his neck just so he could listen. And I guess that's the only way you can really like get people to like pay attention. Sometimes is you got to threaten their life in order for them to to listen to you. Um, but that that dynamic uh, between Luthien and Saul. I mean, I just found that really really great. What. Well, I agree. And I think I think the idea there, right? And we're gonna talk about something in a second. Um, what Luthien has that he had to turn over the two tubes. We're gonna talk about that because I think that's very interesting. And it's I think if we look at how Disney does things, it's alluding to something we're gonna learn next season. But um I think one of the big things here, right, is when you talk about the dialogue and him putting the gun to his neck is Luthen's essentially at a breaking point and Luthen is questioning his decision. He tells saw you make the decision. You make the decision. So I was like, bro, what the hell, man? Like I, I didn't come here. I, I do my own thing. Like why do I got to make your decisions? And I think a lot of that kind of reflects back into if we understand how the rebel dynamic was built, right? Like we both, like we start with Leia getting this transmission and blah, blah, blah. And then Alderaan blowing up and, and like, it's everybody's all in on this empire. People weren't like that. Right. And, and, and if you think about it and, and again, I, I don't want to get too political, but this is part of me is just a political person. Right. 
when we talk about things and we talk about where people feel and when they want to create and do action, right? This is one of those times, you know, like in our society, like how, how many times can somebody say something racist before you say you don't belong in political position anymore, right? Like how many times are we going to accept this? Like, just get the fuck out. And here we have a very similar dynamic where these two are like, uh, we got to murder people that are on our side to for the greater good. Are we really good? Are we good people or are we demonstrably, demonstrably horrible individuals for this? And I think that dynamic right there, that's the human. And this is why I like Andor. That's the human condition. Like when we talk about Jedi and this whole moral code bullshit, the Jedi moral code is gets so fuddly, you know, gets so muddled. This is like taking Jedi code and applying it to real life. If there was enough Jedi, life, maybe maybe yeah. this would be a thing. But this is where the Jedi Council fails, and this and again, this is where I identify um, with Saw and with Luthen, right? Is because. I don't know, like, yes, I'm a business person, but like Luthen is actually having like, and we heard last episode, what did Luthen say? Basically, I have nothing. This is me. I get no, I get no future. I'm never going to see the end of this, which I don't like that foreshadowing, but that's what he's foreshadowing is I'm going all in because this is so much more important than me. But where he misses is, does he get to make that decision? for somebody else and that's what this this is why i say this is not like a soft like setup episode this episode is dealing with a heavy heavy topic because when we talk about war right you have to send people in and this happened i think more often before than now because of the technology piece but before you had to make executive decisions is it okay to sacrifice a few for the greater good is it really okay? And I think the moral dilemma of this episode, and again, I like the prison break episode. Don't get me wrong. That was pretty amazing. But the moral dilemma of this episode to me feels so much more deep. And whether they meant to or not, I don't know, but it feels so deep because they're challenging everything you're taught. And you have to now create and make a decision on how the rebellion is going to go. Now, JJ, I'm going to ask you a question because we still don't know. Cause technically Krieger has not been sacrificed yet. Technically speaking, there could still be a change that comes that stops. Create somebody could have a change of heart, which again is a prediction of mine. That's going to happen. Um, I believe it's going to happen, but with that, do you feel that this is a pivotal point? Kind of like when Cassian, spoiler alert, but when Cassian gives up his life at the end of Rogue One for him and Jin give their lives up, right, for the rebellion to make sure those transmissions get of the Death Star get out. Do you feel this Krieger thing is a pivotal point in rebellion history? Yeah, I think so. I think that this... Um, this particular plot line is setting up for for both Cassian entering into a larger rebellion 
um, and also Mon Mothma becoming the leader of the rebellion as well. I think that these these incidents are setting up those particular points um, so that way the rebellion can be born. I think that this is probably the most direct and biggest instance of an organized rebellion that we've seen prior to the actual rebellion, that, you know, uh, being in full force during the time of Rogue One. So I th absolutely think that this directly leads to Moth Mothma's um, decision to openly go out against the Empire and um, and gathering all the pockets of resistance to form an organized rebellion. Um, I believe that Luthien will ultimately give up his life. Um, for that, uh, because he he sees there's no other way, according to the equation that he wrote, that there's no other way for this. Um, so I absolutely think that this is a pivotal a, a pivotal part for for the rebellion. Yeah, and and I just I don't know. So like, and, and we're talking that's like what six seven minutes of dialogue. Like that to me, mm -hmm. that's how impactful this is. Um, yeah. Sorry, right, so we're gonna move past that because I literally, I we could spend, I could spend an hour on that philosophy. Like we could actually talk about that. Like we could have a political philosophical podcast if you wanted sometime. Like I, that's that's that shit keeps me up at night. I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna, we get to move on, right? We get to move on to mm -hmm. you know talking. We get to see Mon Mothma now, right? Yeah. She she does the correct thing and in including her cousin into this because um, previously from what we've seen so far with Mothma's interaction with um, with her friend uh, from Alderaan that's helping her final things and from her previous conversation with the the banker um, she's kind of cornering herself in a position where she's going to she's going to be in a bad spot. Her family is going to be compromised, her own position and possibly any contacts around her. Um, they're, they're going to be like found out and she's going to end up um, having a lot of people killed because of her. Um, you can easily see her, her, her quiet desperation to find a solution and her cousin coming to her providing her that outlet for her to kind of talk things out of what's going on and help try to formulate a plan of how how they can get out of this is uh, a, a nice side to it um a, a nice development for mothma seeing her try to find a way out of the hole that she's she's currently finding herself in um i did like that bit here because i feel like pretty soon at, at least not in this season but next season we're going to see the violent exit that she's going to have to make um to now lead the rebellion um like right before she ends up like i think that what we'll see in this series is her getting into that counselorship and running away from the empire at the last second so that way she can uh, unite the rebellion i think we're going to get to that point um i'm i'm very excited to see that part happen yeah and if you think about it they've set it up perfectly with her daughter right like yeah. like she wants to be part of the old ways mon mothma's like no 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 and then all of a sudden we see she's doing the old ways and mon yep. mothma's going to make the trade in my opinion to keep her daughter safe whether it's right wrong or indifferent she's going to make the trade she's going to get the family funds she's going to make a run and that's we're going to see like the closing the closing credits 
is literally going to be the opening of New Hope, in my opinion. Like, we're going to see, like, that text start to scroll a long time ago in a future far, far, far away. We're going to see it. <laughs> and, like, that's going to be, like, to me, that would be the best. Even though I know it's skipping, you know, you're skipping things, but whatever. Like, to me, that would be, like, the ultimate end scene because it's like, yes, we we have a decisive rebellion and 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 and, and it, oh my god and this opens up so many things and this is where i talk like i like game of thrones right and we're gonna ignore the last two seasons um <laughs> because i don't want to talk about it because yeah, i yeah. disagree with a lot of people i liked them i felt they were rushed but we don't have yes. a book to base it off of exactly. but i do really still like them but not as much as some of the other episodes and, and game of thrones has this intrigue and this into this integral piece right excuse me of of everything this has an <laughs> integral piece of everything right kind of built in this has in my opinion Andor has set up a way to bring in how does Palpatine feel how does Vader feel about some of these things right there is a whole piece where where we can like talk about all sorts of crazy things because Palpatine is not a dumb person right there is manipulation. There is all these Game of Thrones-esque type things going on in Star Wars that we've not seen to the level we see in Game of Thrones. Like, to be perfectly frank, I could see Andor being a four-season show. No more than four, though. Three, three tops. The three to four tops, right? And I don't know. I just feel there is so much more to that. But I think you're right. Again, we're gonna go back to yeah. Let's. I'm I'm digressing into what I hope for, um, and we're gonna go back to the show, right? Because so we saw yeah, Mon Mothma. We see her basically essentially set up giving her daughter away, leaving for the rebellion, and then we kind of come back to Luthien, and where's Luthien at, JJ? So he's he's heading out of the atmosphere from a planet where he met Saw. And it's interesting, right? Because we get the initial conversation that he's having with um, with his agent back at his um, back at his shop, at his rarities uh, shop, and they're talking about trying to acquire peace. And he, it's it's funny how he transitions from a uh, like an operative, right, the mastermind, to now a rarities collector, and talking about you know the necessity of having that part in his collection for it, and then right in the middle of that 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 conversation that he has all of a sudden the conversation just drops they can't talk to each other they can't see each other and that moment happened i'm like oh man there is a capital class ship that just jammed immediately the communications and we get that slow like outside view of the fondor a whole ship hovering above the planet in orbit and now we have this big array coming out of the screen entering it when that first came in, I literally thought it was going to be a modified Gazanti, like the one that we saw in Rebels that helped track Chopper down, um, just based on the array. But it was a weird uh, uh, ship that we haven't seen before. It was a, a modified Arrestor-class ship, which is actually, if I'm not mistaken, a modified version of the support frigate that we see in Clone Wars. Uh, it had a similar ship, uh, a similar... Um, 
like design, right? The the whole design. It just had those modifications with the giant with the tracker, tracker beams, bay yeah. in the front, and then other satellites to help jam communications and monitor communications about the planet. Um, it was really interesting because we haven't really seen that um, that shift too much, other than in the animated series for Clone Wars. Um, so it was really interesting to see that ship comes in and then Luthien once again steals the show with one of the best like performances that we've seen so far for a space battle in all these Disney series so far uh, with Luthien uh, trying to essentially try to talk his way out of this um, and the the commander of that ship uh, really having a suspicion on uh, on whether or not he's related to um, or at least in in league with saw and the partisans um, because he basically stops his ship saying that there's been partisan activity and they are going to inspect his ship um, that's that part there uh just when when that started happening and he's starting to set up his countermeasures and uh basically fake his id uh for the registry for a ship for alderaan uh which makes me think uh, i wonder if that decision to make it seem that it's an alderanian ship if that causes the empire to target alderaan for rebellion later on it, it no it doesn't it does <clears throat> to me, it's a, it's a him throwing a signal to say, it's him slipping up and giving a signal that there is, it, Alderaan is a safe space for dissentive opinions. That's how I see it. I don't think that's why they chose it. Um, I think we're going to see some bullshit where Vader somehow knows, like, it's going to come down to the fact that we're going to get, we are, we are going to get, we're going to we're going to get um, Leia's father to show back up. We know it's going to happen. It's just, it's going to happen. And Bale. yeah. Yep. And what's going to happen is when Bale is somehow we're going to have my Mothma leave and Bale's going to, cause we know Bale has a huge role and has a, because of all of the, the cartoons, you know, like he shows up and he shows up in the books. Like you wouldn't believe. Um, a so good book. Um, and, <laughs> and he, Tales of the Jedi and Tales of the Jedi, but it's a book first, um, which is a really good book. If you've never read that book, you should 100% read that book. I, I'm sorry. Like that is, yeah, I, I have a bigger respect for Ahsoka than I ever thought I would have because of that book. Um, and my, it's all, that's all credit to my son, my, that my son gets all the credit for that. So anyway. We haven't even. I mean, we haven't even talked about Tales of the Jedi. You're you're distracting me. JJ. That, that'll be that'll be after. Andrew. Okay, we'll get to All that right. after. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um. No, it's different than the cartoon. It, it's different than they expand the Tales more. of the Jedi. No, yeah. They they ruin Tales Tales of the Jedi. Ruin that book. Anyway, <laughs> we're you're <laughs> stop because I'm I could we could literally spend yeah, the next yeah. hour. I could. We could talk Tales of the Jedi. We could do that because I but really enjoyed that. But I have but to get back to Andor. Yes, I have to do this. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we so we see Andor creating this illusion, trying to escape. Oh, Luthien. 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 Yeah. What did I say? Illusion. You said you said Andor. <laughs> Andor trying to escape. All right, Lucian, Luthien, Luthen, Luthen trying to escape, and he does some weird, crazy thing. 
where I swear to God, he shoots missiles out of his butt. JJ thinks okay. he just drops yes. him like a rig cargo shoot. I yes, think he shoots missiles out of his ass. I, I absolutely think that it's like a rig cargo shoot. The reason being, right, is that he he set this up, right? So the the ship, uh, the Fondo Harlcraft is is lapped, uh, is trapped on a passive lock, right? And then after after non-complying, they they uh, intensify the tractor beam, right, to level two. The integrated Fondor brain uh, is tracking the strength of the tractor beam, and then he tells them to intentionally uh, fire off the left engine, causing the ship to try to escape. They, he waits at that point for the Empire to respond by fully increasing the tractor beam, pulling the ship down, the entirety of the ship, closer to the capital ship. And it's at that point that he releases the countermeasures. So if, you're, if your tractor beam is strong enough to pull it towards the capital ship, it stands that if you launch debris, that the smaller mass would be attracted to the the array first, especially since it has no propellant to get away. So by dropping that red cargo chute, they, they've essentially disabled that tractor array, and then everything else happens, and we get one of the best space scenes that we've seen out of all these these series so far, with the Arrestor class cruiser uh, launching a squadron of TIE fighters and a TIE bomber uh, to try to go capture um, his ship. And we get to see for the first time the guns that this ship has. Uh, it reveals a turret that is able to one shot a TIE bomber as it approaches. And then it makes a passive <laughs> loop in front of the bridge. And then we see the foils change um, into a new configuration and it releases what looks like the equivalent of like a SIF lightsaber out the sides. And he does a barrel roll to complete a full circle and take out the remaining ties before the ship escapes into hyperspace at that point. Um, that was so great. I absolutely loved that part. That was like, I, I probably watched that like four times over the last few days just to like see that. Um, what did you think so far of that? Okay. So I literally, I'm telling, I'm. they look like missiles. Oops. I think I just hit my screen. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. So I think the scene's amazing. Hands down. Like, I really do. I think I, I, the, you called it with the space battle. There was a very small space battle compared to what we could have had. Yeah, exactly. But it was yeah, like, yep. Oh, there goes the side bomber. See you. Like, like and we know that's like, what, a five hull ship? That's what those <laughs> are, right? He got a direct hit on, on the, uh, after yeah, a whole two. reach. That's two, why. he had two, <laughs> two directed. It was gone. See, like I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe he's by my bomber out in one shot. But <clears throat> again, what we see on the show is obviously not going to ever translate into X Wing because they give certain things more credibility than they need, right? Um, <laughs> everything, Deslin, everything dies in one, in one, um, one shot. Fair enough. Um, the Death Star dies one shot. <laughs> so, um, so I loved it. I disagree with you. I still think they are kind of missiles. The way they look like is they're shooting out the back. That's like there's fire coming from from them. 
Now, maybe it's still the same as a rig cargo per se, but it just really looks like it, it's it's firing from the back. But I think it's genius how they set it up where he delays, he delays, he delays. And it's that split second where if he had two seconds, if they had deployed the ties a few seconds earlier, he would be dead. It would be done and over with. Yeah. There would not, Luthen would no longer be there. Now, the best part though of that whole scene is that commander on that, that the commander of that ship when he's just like, <laughs> it's like every, every fucking Imperial commander is so surprised when something happens. And you're like, oh, come on, guy. How did you not hear about this? These things blowing up? Like, did you not hear about how the, like this happened? Like, like, and maybe this guy's the first one. Maybe he's the f- very first Imperial commander to be like, they're getting away. Like, like you just know, you, you know, your life's over, especially if they find out that Axis is working with Cassian, who started this whole disruption and this whole thing, like curtails, like Palpatine or Vader is going to walk in there. And that commander is going to be like. And then you were not summoned here to grovel. <laughs> like, exactly. yeah, there's no saving you. You're gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know if if that Imperial commander is a throwback to like, you know, like the first movies where like everybody just looks surprised that this shit could happen. But like, if you think about it at this point in New Hope, none of those people should be surprised when exactly. the rebels take a Star Destroyer down. It shouldn't happen. But it does. And here again, we see it happen. And here, these people just sit here like, ah, okay. Same with those TIE fighters. Can you imagine being a TIE fighter pilot? Like, I I would immediately get into my TIE fighter and defect. Like, I would be like, I know what happens to you fucks. <laughs> like, I've seen this happen too many times. I'm not cannon fodder. Do not ruthless me and fly away. I'd be gone. <laughs> I'd just be gone. Like, boop, see, are you going to chase me to kill me or are you going to go after them? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I and maybe yeah. it's just the, the the piece of me that hates war that much. I don't know, but I w- I would be gone. I'd be whoosh, gone, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, um, I, we all know that this would have never happened to Thrawn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It Thrawn ne- has never the fighters a long time ago. Yeah, Thrawn, Thrawn would have launched the Tie Fighters out the back and created a screen with two bombers like dropping smoke and then the TIE fighters would have come around the edges and Luthen would have been like, oh, he would have been the Imperial commander. He would have been like, fuck, I'm fucked. Yeah, exactly. But he has an advantage here. So, so in all seriousness, his advantage is to some extent, the Imperial, the Imperial commanders are intrigued by what's going on to some extent. They don't want to just murder him because you know, they could have just murdered him, right? You could, it, it, like, come on. It's a superstar destroyer. They could literally have just blown him up. They didn't have to do a tractor beam. They could have just blew him to, to kingdom come. But because they're intrigued, because they need to understand, they have to do what they do. And then that create, it's the same thing. Like when we see Han Solo get away, how many times it's like, you know, you didn't need to put him in carbonite. You could have put a bullet in his head, preserved him and taken him. But you didn't. That's not what you did. You froze him so he could get unfrozen to kill you all. Like, come on. <laughs> come on. Be like, who does that? Especially when the Empire just murders people for no reason. Like, how many times does Pelp go? He's gone. And then they're just gone. 
He's just boop. Mm-hmm. See ya. Crazy. Yep. Absolutely. Ugh. So I yeah. So that that definitely was the highlight of that. I I loved it. I expect to see the ambush happen next next episode and probably have uh, Cassian get rescued by uh, by Luthien next episode. Yeah. I think that's what's gonna happen. Well, and the one part we haven't covered yet is we see we know his mom dies. And yes, we see right. funeral stuff happen, and we see. I will tell you what. That droid gives me the feels more than C three PO and R two D two put together, just yes. hands down. Yeah, that that the fact that he can, I guess, simulate depression um, and convey that that feeling, right? Because he wants to still remain there. Uh, man, that was that was just so well done. Like it just conveyed so much emotion and being a droid. Like it was good. Yep. Can you can you stay here? <laughs> can you stay? Uh not for long. How about just overnight? Like at your place? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yes. Um DJ, yes. So I told that the what if you go back to the first episode we did or second episode we did of this I predicted that that droid would become K2, K2SO or the ship droid would become K2SO like that was my prediction I genuinely think that's gonna ha- that they're that's gonna happen I really do agree I, I, K2SO has for Rogue One has so much depth for a droid yeah. like it has to be this droid it has to be this droid. It has to. But I'm telling you, that droid, like, hands down, in my opinion, has been, like, the underdog character of this whole show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you think it's going to get the L3 treatment where, like, it'll it'll be unable to function in its body and it gets transplanted into K2? Uh yeah, there's a yeah that makes sense, you know, or it's a way for Cassian or somebody to make sure that that droid lives on, um, in a more functional basis, right? You know, like how do I hide this droid? That's my theory. Is like they're gonna have like the Empire has taken an interest to some extent in that droid, and like they're watching that house. That guy staying overnight, that's gonna cause red flags. That's a red flag right there. Throwing the Tinder God, you know, flag here. But that's a red flag. And I think that's going to be the big thing is how do they transfer that droid to allow it to live? Because <clears throat> it's the last piece that of that Cassian has of his family. Literally the last piece. Yep, exactly. So good. Yeah, so good. We and we didn't even cover everything in that episode. There's so much, so much in like that 40 minutes. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us for our universe extended episode 17 covering Andor episode 11. Um, we do this every week. We will be back next week after our regularly scheduled 9 p.m. Eastern Planning Phase Syndicate X Wing Miniatures podcast to discuss. The last episode in season one of Andor. 
if, so I'm going to throw this out here. If you would like to be a part of this, send um, JJ a message on Discord. If you would like to be part of the discussion, I only have two rules. One, you have to be able to connect your mic and have some sort of quiet. Like I can't have a bunch of like crazy noise in the background. But if you can, if you are in a quiet enough space, <laughs> you don't have to have a professional mic. Just be in a quiet enough space where you could put like a headset on and talk through some sort of a mic, whether it's your head, your you know your Apple headset or your Beats or whatever people that don't use Apple stuff um, have. And you want to talk about episode twelve? We will one hundred percent open it up to anybody that wants to join us. Like hands down. Like I don't care who you are. The one requirement I have is that you're in a quiet area. And then the second piece of it is that you um, let us know before Sunday afternoon at noon. So we have to know before noon on Sunday. But if you are listening to this and you want to join the discussion, um, you don't even have to have your face like we have. You, we, could, we could just put audio and I could create little icons for people. I could have a bunch of icons at the bottom of the screen here. Oh, you can't see my mouse, but... I can have a bunch of icons at the bottom of the screen. If you want to join and talk about it with us, we will dedicate next <clears throat> Sunday's show to whoever wants to join us um, after our normal show. So essentially it'll be 1030-ish uh, to 11 uh, is when we'll start. And we'll go to uh, we'll go for one hour at the most um, up till midnight. If you want to join us, message JJ on Discord or post in our general and tag JJ on our Discord, Plenty Face Syndicate, and you can be a part of the final episode 18 discussion of episode 12 of Andor. All right. So thank you all for joining us. We will be back next week with another Plenty Face Syndicate episode. And then our final recap on the universe extended of Andor episode 12. Have a good night. And we'll see you next week. See ya.